This podcast is brought to you by Fandango. Fandango offers movie tickets and gift cards to over 45,000 different screens across the United States and reaches into nearly 80% of the nation's total theaters. By partnering with virtually every leading film exhibitor like Regal, Cinemark, AMC, and more. So to pick up some movie tickets or a gift card for the movie fan in your life, head on over to cityweekly.com slash Fandango or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Looking for that doom saw, looking for the Lee's saying he's not afforded many opportunities looking to seize this one in a big way, and he is in control of this oh. trail. Episode of what comes next, Cinema Geekly's NXT Companion Podcast. It is Anthony and Jacqueline, and we are back to talk more NXT on the USA and WWE networks. They're on their 537th episode. It's too many. It's a lot of. It's a lot of episodes. It is. I'm sitting here looking at AEW. They're on. I think uh, this next episode they're coming up on is 12. So hmm. when is that baby? And one is not not so much. They're half more than halfway to a thousand episodes. That's actually crazy. It doesn't feel like yes. they've been going that long. Uh, so we we begin the show this week with a recap of last week's episode, like they always do. Except this one is interrupted by Adam Cole. He stops the recap to tell us that he hates the idea of having to wrestle anyone for his title. Uh, he's not happy that they're doing a number one contendership match tonight. And he was so mad, Jacqueline, that he stopped the video recap of last week just to tell us. He couldn't wait any longer. He couldn't. I mean, he's a very impatient person. Yeah. I, that's what happens when you're mad sometimes. It just sure. boils over. Yeah, you had to let it out. That it does. Uh, the show opens, other than that, right away into a match. Leo Rush defending the NXT Cruiserweight Championship against Angel Garza. And uh, these two obviously have uh, an intense dislike for each other, and the match starts in that manner. Intense brawling is how they begin, uh, and after the brawling slows down a little bit, they transfer over to uh, some quick evasions and counters, and Angel Garza manages to slow Leo Rush down just before a picture-in-picture break. Excellent timing there by Garza. 
Uh, so that's why we don't miss anything cool while they're on commercial break. Yeah. Uh, coming back from the break, Leo Rush hits a deja vu. That's like a multiple rotation head scissors. Uh, he does that to start his comeback. Uh, then Leo goes for the come up, but so does Garza. And Garza hits Leo Rush with his own move, but just barely. What? Doesn't hit it clean. Um, Leo Rush hits a Spanish fly, a, a huge one off the top for a two. Never uh, not impressive. Always cool. And then these two guys get into this big strike battle. It's a huge strike battle. And then both men go to hit each other again, but then collapse at the same time. <laughs> uh, crowd was going crazy for this. Uh, Leo Rush hits Angel Garza with his own move, the wing clipper, for a two. Uh, Garza gets Rush up on his shoulders in the electric chair position, but uh, Rush somehow manages to leap off of his shoulders, bounce off the ropes, and hit the come-up. I don't know how he did this. That gets a two. No. Uh, he hits the final hour on Garza. Uh, Garza rolls to the floor. Rush tries to stop him from rolling to the floor, but all he has is a handful of Garza's pants, which, of course, tear away. Yeah, so yeah. Garza manages to get to the floor and to safety. Uh, <laughs> Rush then tries to hit the final hour off the top to the floor, but Garza gets his knees up, uh, tosses him back into the ring, hits Leo Rush with the wing clipper. That's a huge two count. And then Garza hooks him in a reverse full Nelson and uh, torques on it until Leo Rush gives up. And we have a new cruiserweight champion, Angel Garza. What did you think of the opener? I thought this was pretty fun. These guys yeah. are super athletic, super energetic, just very fun to watch. I was actually very surprised that Garza won this fast, mm -hmm. but um, but I but I really liked the match. I thought these two um, did really well together. Yeah. Um, and the ending, I don't know the angle of it. Um, I did not understand how the match ended at first. Yes. I had to watch it on the replay that to see that he tapped out, but overall, very good match. I thought. Yeah, I thought so too. Great match. Uh, best match of the week, I think, uh, as hmm. well, when it comes to the, the battle of two, two wrestling programs. I'm speaking of which I'm going to open up grapple. You think I would remember to do this, uh, before we record, but more often than not. Always I know, I don't know. So uh, this was not my favorite match of the night, so it'll oh, be interesting. Okay. What, did, what did you give Leo Rush and Angel Garza while I navigate to it? I gave it a three and a quarter. Oh, wow. No kid. Yeah, I went a whole star above you. I went four and a quarter. I love this match. Ooh, thought it was okay. very good. Grapple, if it open, uh, <laughs> 4.24. Wow, you were right on in step with them. Mm -hmm. Everybody loved this. Even I guess the first match, uh, match, I'm always a little, like, leery about how big of a score to give it. Because I'm like, hmm, what else is coming up? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, I'm always, my rule of thumb is the, rarely do I see the best match on a show in the middle. It Sometimes it happens. Yeah. But almost Either always. the first or the last. It's always the first or the last match. Uh, they show an ad for the Prime Target special featuring Shayna Baszler, in which uh, she makes it clear that her father is a jerk uh, by saying that her dad always told her that you could tell a lot about a person by the kind of car they drive, which sounds like a jerk thing to say about other people. Mm. Um, but she's a big, she's a gearhead. Apparently she yeah, likes well. cars. Uh, and yes. she, she says something along the lines of like, 
You know, she's an old-fashioned muscle car, while everybody else, they want to be Teslas. So what hmm. Shana's really saying is she's all for pollution, and all these other people are, are trying to save the planet. I think is what she has no time for that. No. Yeah. It's too busy being a muscle car. Uh, we are shown Cameron Grimes. He is jumping around backstage. Oh, can I go back for a second? You can. we missed something. Okay. We did just miss one thing. Um, Angel Garza, I'm going back to him. Oh, they the do have this girlfriend. They do on so they, TV. They do have this, um, yeah. but it happened after we saw Cameron Grimes jumping, and after was a Finn, it? Yeah, and after a Finn Balor video, and then they go to the announcers and they're like, "Here's something that happened during all these video oh, packages." I guess I just didn't take notes on anything but that. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I, I, literally, if I see somebody jumping around backstage, I wrote down Grimes jumps backstage because yep. I think it's funny that they cut to these little bits of like people warming up and sometimes their warm-up is just jumping jumping they're hyping themselves up uh there's a finn balor video they basically they did these videos they do this a lot if there's a triple threat match and it's a big match they'll have a video from each guy where they're like i'm gonna win so this was the finn video where he says he's gonna win Mm. uh Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it, it was okay and then yes they show this piece during the commercial break where uh, Angel Garza is talking to the NXT fans and he says that there is only four things in his life that are important. Uh, true. There's pro wrestling, there is uh, the NXT fans, there is his family, and there is his girlfriend. And he proposes to his girlfriend uh, in Espanol, in the middle of the ring, and mm-hmm. the crowd is going crazy for this. And her acceptance was essentially squeeing into the microphone, uh, which was adorable. And this made him the biggest good guy on earth. Which, yeah. Which is weird because I don't think he's supposed to be. No, but I will also say it's very, um, it's so risky mm-hmm. to uh, propose on TV. This has got to be one like of those it. things. You, yes. I, I would imagine. This has to be one of those very calculated risks where it's like you've waited so long and now she's mad that you haven't proposed yet. So this way, you know, it's a surefire <laughs> guarantee. <laughs> okay. Maybe. I feel I feel like before you put yourself out there on TV, this has to be some sort of like uber calculation of like, you know, she's going to say yes. So this way you or don't she, look like a fool. Or maybe she knew beforehand. That's possible. Yeah. Fun fact. There's a story mm-hmm. I learned about uh, after this show occurred. This makes it extra awe. Um, Angel Garza's mother mm-hmm. had traveled from Mexico to this show to surprise Aww. him. So she was just doing this to surprise him. He didn't know she was going to be there. And she did not know that he was going to not <gasps> only win the title, but propose to his girlfriend. Propose- Oh, no. So that was a huge night for the Garza family. Congrats. Mazel. Yes. That was quite, a, quite an evening for, for young Angel Garza. Uh, I hope he's celebrated I wrote, in Orlando. I wrote, it was very sweet. It was. Yes. Uh, Raul Mendoza and Cameron Grimes. Yay! Uh, Raul motivated early on, but Grimes cuts him off very quickly, and then Kushida comes out. And Grimes is distracted, and Raul hits a Hurricane Rana to pin Grimes. Kushida then steals Grimes' hat 
and look silly in the process. <laughs> uh, not much to say here. This was this was really just yeah. furthering Kushida and Cameron Grimes. Uh, I have a, I have two things to say about this. One, mm-hmm. to be fair, uh, Kushida stole the hat because the crowd told him to. Yes. Well, I mean, so they do listen. Peer pressure. He's new to this country, and you want to impress everybody, so. Yeah. Second, I'm. I'm just so happy Mendoza's back and won a match. Yeah. I mean, this was, like, not much of a match, but... Look, I will take it. I am I am, <laughs> I'm Team Mendoza all the way. Yes. Um, so. I, f- I felt generous in giving this a two. Oh, I went higher and gave it a two and a half because okay. I am Team Mendoza. <laughs> uh, grapple with a, a 1.7. So Wrong close to grapple. The t- close to the two. One and a quarter. I guess the... <laughs> the length was not good enough for them. These are the perfect matches. Uh, Mia Yim is backstage, says Dakota Kai. Uh, the match with Dakota Kai tonight is about more than revenge. This is going to be a fight. Says that Dakota sent her to the uh, to an ambulance at War Games, but tonight Dakota Kai will be taking the ambulance ride. We shall see. I mean, maybe... Uh, Spoiler for later on, but quite possibly. Uh, there's a Travis Banks personality profile. They're continuing to kind of move this uh, NXT versus NXT UK Worlds Collide thing together slowly but surely. And then we get Jackson Riker of the Forgotten Sons versus Travis Banks. Because who else would it be? Yeah, uh, I wrote here, Banks tries to start hot, but he is small and Riker is big. So he gets smashed and bloodied. Travis Banks, like, gets a cut around yeah. his eye. Uh, I don't even know how it happened. So I wrote here, I wrote here, Travis tries to make a comeback. Because I just presumed Travis was going to try to make a comeback. And then I presumed he would get cut off and then beaten. So my mm-hmm. notes, my my notes here read, Travis tries to make a comeback, hits the slice of heaven and gets the win. And then I wrote, whoa. So I wasn't expecting Travis Banks to win this match, but he did. Uh, also, not much to this match. Very similar to the last match. Um, I don't know what this is referring to, but I wrote, that thing where Riker hit Banks as he's flying out the ring was kind of cool. Oh. I don't know what was happening. Yeah, Travis Banks tried to do a, a suicide dive. And Riker smashed him in the face and made her... Maybe that's where he got cut. Maybe. It's, it's hard, all coming together now. Hard to protect yourself when you're... Uh, Diving. Doing that dive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. But it was... I mean, I don't know. I don't love Jackson Riker. No. I I feel like I could like him as a wrestler. He's the best he thing about part the of Suns. The yeah. yeah. Like, if he wasn't part of the Forgotten Suns, I feel like if he rebranded, I wouldn't hate him as much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but that's, like, those are my deep thoughts on that. Um, but if it wasn't <laughs> for Travis Banks and the fact that he was, like, super athletic, this probably would not have been... This would have been, like, super boring. Yeah. I mean, this was really short as well. I went with a two again. I went with a two as well. And Grapple... Again, less impressed. 1.74. Okay. At least they're consistent. Yeah, and we're not terribly far off, I guess, from one another. No. Could be worse. Uh, Mia Yim and Dakota Kai. I wrote, this is like the third or fourth straight match to essentially start with brawling. 
Because, uh, yeah. like, every match, nobody started off with, like, wrestling or exchanging no. holds. They all started off by, like, attacking Swing the it. person. Yes. Uh, all Mia Yim going into the break. Back from the break, Mia Yim is still in charge. Uh, however, I noted here, before the break, Mia Yim was in charge, and the crowd seemed really into this match. And coming back from the break, while Mia was still in charge, the crowd seemed to be quiet all of a sudden. I don't know what happened during the commercial break, but uh, something something made the crowd become less interested. Uh, mm. Dakota Kai cuts her off with a running Yakuza kick, but Mia fights back almost immediately, hits the code blue for a two. She hits Dakota with the protect ya neck, but Dakota rolls out of the ring. Uh, Dakota tries to use the, uh, the brace of Tegan Knox, but the referee takes it from her. She then uses this referee distraction to remove the turnbuckle, smashes Mia Yim into the, this removed turnbuckle, and then rolls her up for the win. Uh, before we talk about the post-match, what did you think of the actual match? Poor Mia Yim's note. Um, I think we need to give that part of her body a rest. Yes. Just got broken. Quit slamming um, it into things. Yeah. Um, but I actually really enjoyed this match. These aren't... Um, these aren't wrestlers who usually wow, but um, I thought that this, I think the storyline might be helping both of these to be more interesting. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's their passion or like they're acting while they're wrestling and there's just something that's clicking in this that I really enjoy mm-hmm. um, more so than I have in the past. Um, but I, I think um, Dakota needs to evolve from her kicks. Yes. Um, she can do so much more, but I feel like she just like defaults to them and it's like, I get it. I understand where you're from, but like, it's time to move on from that girlfriend. But, yeah, it's time to disband um, Team Kick. Yeah, like, let's... Because I, f- I feel like in a lot of these matches recently with her, she's starting to show, like, she's a, you know, more dimension to her mm-hmm. her style, and um, I think she needs to explore that more. So mm-hmm. that's my own personal opinion. So, uh, What Not would you that. give Mia and Dakota? I gave it a three. Okay, we're pretty. I think we're pretty close on this. I don't think it quite hit that mark. I think only because in the second half they came back, the crowd was tired or not interested, and that always is a detractor for me too. Uh, mm-hmm. So I went two and three quarters, but pretty close. Oh, we're right there. Two point six five from Grapple. Okay, I okay, feel like okay. I feel like we're just off a little bit, but not too far off. <clears throat> Hey, for less than half a point, we're doing something right. Post-match, Mia is unhappy with the manner in which she lost, and she brawls with Dakota some more. And ends this brawl ends with Mia giving Dakota a back suplex off of a production stage through a table. Now, the plan here, I think, was to put her through two tables, but mm-hmm. they only went through one, and Dakota's head clipped the other table. And yes. I do believe that afterwards she needed several... I don't know if it was staples or stitches, but uh, oh, yeah, she got a a boo boo on the back of her head. That's so big boo boo. Mia was not kidding about wanting to give Dakota Kai an ambulance ride. Oh, uh, after that match. Uh, so I what? have two quick thoughts on this, though. Sure. Um, aside from the injury, um, like they're really setting up a false count anywhere as a match, right? Like. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's coming at the next takeover. I think so. Because these ladies, every time they, that we've seen them together recently, like they've just been brawling everywhere. So 
Or there's, a, I, I mean, there's still a lot of time before that takeover, so they might do it as a big, like a big match on TV as well. Maybe, but I, anyway, it's coming up. I really think um, mm-hmm. that's my thing. Also, I have um, the guys behind the table had the best reaction. So, um, like when you saw the people, there were like people like standing behind the table. I don't know if they were employees. Yeah, I think they were interns. production people or something, maybe or yeah, yeah. But they all had a perfect reaction to uh, poor Dakota going through the tables. So um, I just I wanted to give a shout out to them, the background characters. Hey, look, uh, you need the background characters. As I as I once told my daughter, who was in a in her first stage play at school, where she was a a chimney sweep, mm-hmm. and it's like you know those characters are just as important as the main characters because you need to make everything come to life a little bit yeah and things feel hollow and empty yes yes Mm -hmm. the world doesn't feel whole it feels empty and uh you know it's boring there's there's nothing there you need to help create the the atmosphere uh absolutely so don't feel bad interns or production guys whoever you are you helped make this better you Uh, did and don't worry your tables are fine yes keep Keith Lee, well, one at least one is the other one broken. Yes, not uh, so much. Keith Lee video where he says he's gonna win. Ooh, mm-hmm. fascinating. I'm I'm <laughs> desperate to find out what Tommaso Ciampa is gonna say when it's time for his video. Who knows? Maybe he'll say, "I hope I lose." That would be yeah, a twist. right. I think uh, this other guy's gonna win. Breezango, who this week are doctors. I mean, clearly. I found their I found the music a little bit more annoying this week. Absolutely. With the beeping. Uh they took on the Singh Brothers, formerly known as the Bollywood Boys. Uh, I had no idea who these folks were. So they were part of the Cruiserweight Classic ages ago and mm-hmm. uh, then the Cruiserweights instead of becoming part of NXT got their own show which nobody watched. Uh the Singh Brothers were then plucked from that show. And were teamed with Jinder Mahal, who was on the main roster. And mm-hmm. they helped him uh, achieve one of the most lackluster WWE Championship runs in company history. And then they disappeared. And then they mm-hmm. reappeared on 205 Live just in enough time for it to be reabsorbed into NXT. And mm-hmm. here they are. Okay. Uh I wrote here, pretty basic tag team match in the beginning. Uh, Singh Brothers take control. They hit a move that Nigel McGuinness calls the Bollywood Blast for a two count. Fandango gets the hot tag. And that's when this match stopped being a pretty basic tag team match. Because for some reason, Fandango felt like he was just going to kill these two guys. Yep. He picks up one of them. I think it's Samir Singh and power bombs him on the apron. And it looked brutal. Yes. There, it looked like severe whiplash on this powerbomb yeah. on the apron. And then they hit their, their double-team slingshot elbow drop finisher thing. They did that on the floor. And then Fandango rolls one of the not-dead Sing brothers into the ring and hits him with a top rope leg drop for the win. Yes. Uh, I would like to note here, before we talk about our thoughts on the match, one thing that Moro said post-match made me re- like almost spit I out wonder- the water I was drinking. I wonder if we took note of the same thing. Go ahead. I said, Morrow says at least the Singh brothers live in Canada as far as their health care goes. I 
took note of the same thing. I laughed <laughs> so hard. He's like, well, they're dead, but at least they'll get free health care in Canada. Yeah, I was like, how political and unexpected yes. and lovely. Yes. <laughs> um, so that was awesome. Moro as well, Canadian. but Oh, uh, that makes sense. But yeah, what did you think of this basic tag match turned into brutal slaying? Yeah, so first, um, I didn't know who the Sting brothers were, but I do think they're fun, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fr- hot pink fringe on their outfits. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Fandango, I don't know what's going on with him, but he just continues to come out and like do things that He's are crazy. super unexpected. <laughs> yes. Like, <laughs> like, where is this coming from? But like, not in a, in like a talented way. I guess I should say, <laughs> like, like he's talented. You know yes, what I mean? Like, yes. it's not. Um, I don't know. So I'm like, man, this guy didn't get um, enough credit. I don't think for what he's um, truly capable of. And I also thought mm-hmm. Brazango showing that they do work very well together. Yeah. Um, that they are a good tag team. So um, I mean, it wasn't a bad match. Just mm-hmm. kind of a bit of a shocking match, I guess. In that, you know. Yeah, I, I just wasn't expecting these guys at all. Like, uh, what would so. you give it? I gave it a two. Okay, so I, I almost gave this match three just based off of the Moro Ronaldo comment alone at the end. Oh well, I mean Moro gets a five on that. Yeah, so. I went. I actually went two and three quarters, but Grapple went two point one three. Okay. <laughs> they were less impressed than I was. Uh, Rhea Ripley career profile video where they show what Rhea Ripley used to look like in years past just completely different than how she looks now baby Rhea it's really just mostly a big hair change it is a lot of it is just a big hair change Uh, she she got rid of the red and went all black leather and spikes and chains Uh, yeah but Yes, uh, and this was setting up for the, the Shayna match for next week, of course. Caden uh, Carter and Bianca Belair. Caden uh, Carter used her speed early, hit a... Uh, I just wrote, to hit a move. Oh, to hit and move. She was striking and moving. Like, she didn't just hit one move. Um, yeah. She was striking and moving, but Bianca managed to, to overpower her. Uh, then Bianca beat her up for a bit. Uh Caden made a short-lived comeback, but got hit with the KOD for the win. Yes. Not a, not a ton to this match. Uh, I so I'm in the, yeah. I don't know. I liked it a little bit more. I think maybe than you did, but um, I just because I think it just showed off Bianca's strength so much. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she was like squatting with her at one point, like just the, the way that she can like lift people up and keep them lifted oh, yeah. for extended periods of time. I don't know. I just continue to be impressed by that. She's impressive, um, and Caden Carter. I think I don't. Know, I don't know if I like them putting her in this spot. I think yeah. that they should start moving Caden Carter into where she's getting her own squash matches to show people what she can do, and maybe yes. start building her up. Because every time she's been on TV, it's been to be beaten up to by some by somebody else. Yeah, and all to be fair, the whole women's card pretty much right now is established. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think that um, you know they could start bringing her up. Absolutely. Um, I have something here though. I don't know if you caught this. Um, did Beth say that Caden um, 
Carter was a basketball player? Yeah. Did you catch that? Yeah, that's not the first time it's been mentioned before. I think she played college basketball. Wow. She must have been a point guard. Yeah, I don't think she was tall enough for, like, forward or center or anything like that. But Yeah. uh, yeah. I was like, dang, Caden. Also, I can I can't not call her Lacey. Like that just Lacey Lane. fits her better, I think. Yeah. Um, but I thought um and also um Bia- um Bianca's spear, I feel like you don't see many women doing too much like that. So that was really cool. I don't know. I like Bianca, so Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I what, got. What did you give uh Caden and Bianca? Let's let's see how how different our <laughs> scores are. We're gonna be really far off, I have a feeling. I give it three and a quarter. Okay. Well, I mean, we're not terribly far off. I went two and a half. I thought oh, we're far off. <laughs> I thought average. Uh, it's it's less than a point. It's or, true. Or maybe it's more than a point. Maybe it's more than a point off. It is actually more than a point off. It's like a point and a quarter off. Um, mm. I guess we are. I guess we are pretty far off. I, I thought it hit average. It didn't go very long. Bianca looked impressive, but yeah. Uh, she feels like she's maybe kind of in a holding pattern here a little bit while they figure out what mm-hmm. else to do with her. You know what? Grapple hated this match uh, more than I did. 1.95. What? Grapple? Yeah. What are you doing? You are not happy. <laughs> no. There was one women's match on this episode, and you're going to get a 1.9? Come on! Well, there was the two, but uh, there was the Mia and Dakota match. Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess so. But still, like... Hmm. Uh, Adam Cole came out onto the perch, the NXT perch, to to view this match. And then there is a Tommaso Ciampa video where, in fact, he said he will win. What? They can't all win. Or can they? They did. And then they did that weird thing where the, the bars disappear on the screen and the frame rate comes back up. And it's revealed that the end of this video was, in fact... Live. It was a trick, Jacqueline. They fooled us. Tommaso, I don't know if you noticed it or not. I didn't. Tommaso Ciampa's just, like, standing there and says his last lines. And then the his music starts playing and the bars on the top and the bottom fade away. And he <laughs> just turns around and walks out the curtain and it's a live shot. Uh, <laughs> uh, really quick, I love Tommaso Ciampa's music. I think... It's awesome. Him... His and, like, Rhea Ripley's, I think, are my favorite right now. Mm-hmm. I just have to throw that out there. Very good theme songs. Yeah. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa. Yes, Tommaso Ciampa, Keith Lee, Finn Balor, number one contendership for Adam Cole's championship for next week. Uh, so this match is starting out with Keith Lee basically manhandling both guys before the first break. After mm-hmm. the first break, Keith Lee is still in charge. At which point, Tommaso Ciampa eventually takes control, hits a double Willow's Bell. I've learned that's the name of the move. The hanging okay. DDT in the ropes. Uh, oh, yeah. That was I, scary. I, I believe Willow is the name of his daughter. So he named the move Keith, after his daughter. Uh, Keith Lee's daughter? No, Tommaso Ciampa's daughter. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I believe that is the name of his daughter, and he named this move after her, I believe. Got it. That's weirdly sweet. Like... I, yeah. Daddy named this move where he hurts two other people after, after you. After you. Oh, thanks. How how Tommaso Ciampa, though? I don't know. Uh, so he goes for an air raid crash on Finn Balor, uh, but he instead decides to hit 
this air raid crash onto Finn Balor and also onto Keith Lee, who is on the ground. Uh, mm-hmm. He does this for it too. Uh, Finn Balor, now it's his turn to take control for a second, uh, but his is less impressive than Tommaso Ciampa's, and Keith Lee uh, starts fighting back almost immediately. Uh, but then Keith Lee, cut off by both of these men, who give him a double Russian leg sweep off of the second rope, which had uh, which took us into a picture-in-picture break. Um, during the break, Tommaso Ciampa gives Keith, Keith Lee the... Uh, the hanging DDT again, but this time onto the apron. Uh, oh. And uh, that's a, hopefully, in Ciampa's mind, is going to wipe out Keith Lee for a little bit. Because when we come back from the break, Ciampa tries to give Finn Balor an, uh, an air raid crash off of the middle rope. But Keith Lee... <laughs> this is crazy. Keith Lee picks them both up on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. So while Ciampa has Finn Balor in the air raid crash position essentially just strapped across his back like a sash is the best yeah. way I can think of it. Uh, Keith Lee then picks up Ciampa and Balor at the same time on his shoulders and then drops them. I don't know how he did this. That's crazy. I don't know how he did it, too. And I, that was just so terrifying and impressive all at the same time. Because it literally looked like Finn Balor was just free-falling for a moment. Yeah, like, somehow... Like, Somehow I was more scared of this than when he gave Cole the air raid crash off of the cage at War Games. Yeah. Well, because you and have... that was you higher have, up. But you have... There you have um, uh, more You have hu- more human error in this match. You know, you yes. have three guys who all have to perfectly time everything. I was worried like, they'd just topple onto each oh, other and... Yes. yes. But nope, it but worked out. Really? Did this... This reminded me of the Muppet Man... And like in a really <laughs> weird way, <laughs> they have one lump that's stacked on top of the other. Um, so yeah. Anyway, I thought that was. Um, so he uh, tries for the moonsault. Keith Lee does, but misses. <coughs> Manages to hit the Big Bang catastrophe on Tommaso Ciampa, but only gets a two. He goes for it on Finn Balor, uh, but Finn counters this into an inside cradle for two. Uh, he then that tra- was impressive. That was impressive. And also, when he tried to give <laughs> Finn Balor the spirit bomb, but he countered that into a double stomp, also impressive. Yeah, uh, Finn Balor was like, this is what I wanted to see from, like, heel Finn Balor. I don't know what happens. I don't know what mm-hmm. happened here. Maybe this may be too vague for you mm-hmm. to, to recall, but I just wrote here, <laughs> interns fall down. Oh, yeah, I have taking out some interns with Champa shirts behind the railing, so... Okay, so somebody must have gotten thrown over the railing. I just wrote... I, bet you was... <laughs> I thought I'd remember for sure, but I just wrote interns fall down, presuming that I would just remember what happened, but I'd forgotten. <laughs> Champa probably got thrown into the railings. Yes. Um, Keith Lee gets the, uh, the pounce on Finn, uh... And then there is the... Oh, boy, what is this? Crash on Keith Lee for a two? What the hell is the crash? Oh, the I air raid know. crash. Oh, Tommaso Ciampa oh, yeah. hits the air raid crash on Keith Lee. That was very also, impressive. Super impressive. I think... Is this Ciampa's new move? Like, this, he seems to do this a lot. I think now. it's like a signature move. Like, it's not a finisher for him, but... Uh, like, like, if he does it off the top of a cage through tables, it'll, it'll win matches, but... Largely, yeah, yeah. I think it's a just a signature move, but that was impressive. It was like, 
like I feel like the only person I expected to actually pick up Keith Lee besides Dominic Dijakovic would be like maybe Roderick Strong, mm-hmm. not Champa though. So. Yeah, deceptively strong here was Tommaso Champa. Uh, Champa charges at Lee, but Lee hits him with a spine buster. Hits the moonsault this time for the two. Uh, then uh, he hits Tommaso Champa with the spirit bomb. But as soon as he lands with the spirit bomb, Finn Balor comes off of the top rope with the coup de gras onto Keith Lee and pins him. What? So Finn Balor is the number one contender uh, against Adam Cole for next week. Uh, what did you think of the crazy triple threat match? I liked this match a lot. I thought mm-hmm. these guys all did some really cool things. I still don't think they're using Keith Lee to his full potential. I agree. Um, like, they just are not. But um, I think this was better than some of the other matches he's been in. Minus those against just him and Dijakovic. Mm-hmm. That was weird to see um, Lee and Ciampa facing each other, but the, those two guys just made it work. And um, like I said, I just thought this this had the grit from Finn Balor that I was really hoping his match with Matt Riddle had. Um, yeah. So overall, I just really, really liked the match. Mm-hmm. Me too. Um, I agree. I think that Keith Lee is the one who is most on fire right now. And Mm -hmm. at the very least, I would not have pinned him in this match. Like, I would have maybe had Tommaso Ciampa take the pin here, since I don't think he's getting his uh, title match until February. So there's some time for him to bounce back from that. You think Ciampa's going to get the title match in February? I'm almost positive Ciampa's going to get the takeover match. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I mean, it still might, they might change their course and go with Keith Lee, but they're telling the story with Ciampa and Goldie. So I I don't think Mm. Keith Lee sort of unexpectedly got very hot, which Mm. is kind of, yeah, that's a good problem to have in wrestling is when people just get really hot. Uh, Mm -hmm. But it, you know, it is a problem. You got to figure out who to go with and who to do what with. I don't know if I, I look, they did try their hardest to make Keith Lee, not lose that much steam because he was crazy in this match and did all sorts of awesome yeah. stuff. And it was it was only because um like Champa it was like it was a timing thing. Like to yes. me I didn't think he yeah. Um but interesting cuz I th- you don't think that the that it's going to be Adam Cole and Finn Balor for a little while. Okay. Yeah, I think this will probably be a I would imagine for the time being a one-off. But Okay. Uh, well, I mean, we'll talk. Uh, there's a little bit more to say about Finn Balor and Adam Cole for next week, uh, but yeah. I'll wait until uh, after you. Till we see the match. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, I'll, and I'll wait until you tell me what you think about uh, what what score you gave this one. It sounds like this was your match of the night. It was. I gave it a four. Okay. Yeah, we're pretty close on this one. I went three and three quarters. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, three point eight five from Grapple. All right. So Grapple were, alive again. They were right there with you on that one. Um, before we talk about the war, because it is still ongoing, and it was an interesting Ugh. week this week. Boy, was it interesting. Uh, a rare occurrence, but we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, an announcement has been made as it relates to the big December 18th show. Both shows, by the way, building up big shows since they're not running on Christmas. It'll be the last show of the year for both companies, and mm-hmm. uh, they both have big shows planned. But one thing that was announced was that Adam Cole and Finn Balor will be the oh, yeah. opening match 
for NXT this week, which tells you what the main event is going to be, and... Shane and Rhea. Yes, and if you know a thing or two about professional wrestling, you also know that this match order spoils the Who's winners win? of the matches. Mm-hmm. Yes. I will not spoil it for anybody here listening. Because, uh, you know, that would be rude. I, here's the thing. Even I think I know. So, yeah. like, it's I think n- we all get it. Yeah, it's not a guarantee, but... It's pretty close to a guarantee, like, what's going to happen on this show. So, yeah. uh, that's that. Let's talk about, before we go, let's talk about the 11th week, I believe it is, of the war between AEW and NXT. Mm-hmm. So, both shows in overall viewers dropped from the previous week. Uh, AEW Dynamite scored 778,000 total viewers and NXT scored 778,000 viewers. It was a tie. What? An exact tie. Uh, that's weird. That's really weird. And uh, in the demo, uh, AEW, again, won again because they win that demo every week. But the the demo number has shrunk and continues to shrink. Now... Mm-hmm. The thing is, people have asked what happened to the ratings because AEW started at 1.4 million. And they're like, how do you how do you lose half of the audience that quickly? Mm-hmm. Like, what's going on? Uh, and the same thing with NXT, too, really. Because um, the people who were watching that AEW show, they didn't all go watch NXT because NXT's not doing uh, that huge of a number either. They started out like 1.2 million. I think okay. when they weren't running against AEW. So the answer appears to be uh it's not They're it's, all watching Hallmark movies. Sorry. <laughs> no, they are not watching Hallmark movies. <laughs> uh apparently it's uh it just boils down to people don't watch that much live no, live TV as it That's turns true, out. That's true, yeah. So the DVR numbers if you count the DVR numbers, AEW is doing like 1.4 million viewers still. Like hmm. pretty much every week. It's just that most of those, you know, the DVR numbers pump it up to about 1.4 million. It's just half the audience is DVRing it and half is watching it live. live. And that's a, you know, I mean, that's, I mean, that is a problem because you want them to watch it live because. That's how you make advertisers happy, and that's how you make money in television. But uh, mm-hmm. it's nice to know that they haven't vanished. Uh, NXT no. is also doing really well, and they're over the million viewer mark as well when you count DVR, which is actually impressive because NXT is also available on the WWE Network. So, yeah. So they could have way more viewers that we don't know about. Yeah, if people, if everybody stopped DVRing and started tuning in live every week, these shows would be doing over a million viewers easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably both of them, but you know, it's 2019, almost 2020, and people just don't watch that much live TV anymore. I'm really surprised people still DVR. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I've never even owned one, but me either. Uh, I, I either watch it live or I'll watch it like on demand later, depending on what it is. Um, Mm -hmm. very rare. Like the only things I ever would catch live would be sports. If I was, you know, if my 
baseball team was any good, but they're not. So I don't watch a lot of live sports. Didn't watch a lot this year. Uh, but that's for the most part, that's about it for live TV. Uh, if there's something that's like, can't miss, uh, something like I'm a huge fan of, uh, if it streams live, then sometimes I will go out of my way to, to, to watch it live. But most stuff I watch after the fact or is through a streaming service to begin with. And the shows don't air live anyway. They just put them up. Uh, Right. So, yeah, I'm I'm not surprised. Uh, They're still AEW is still doing well by the uh, um, by the projections that their television network had for them. I don't know how USA feels about NXT. Uh, Mm. the numbers certainly aren't as good as like raw or SmackDown has ever done. So, uh, they're probably not over the, over the moon, over the moon, but yeah, but we will see. Yeah. Uh, who did I think won this week? I know it's the question on everyone's mind. This was a tough week because AEW was a good show. Uh, and NXT was two really good matches sandwiched like, at the beginning and end, uh, the middle was very just there. Yep. Mm, it's tough because the NXT matches were way better than uh, the stuff that was on AEW this week. AEW is, had better storytelling things this week. Uh, they had I... o- okay matches to good, but um, nothing on the level of the main event or the opener for NXT. I think I'm just going to pick NXT again for the third straight week. Okay. I think they had the better show, but it was close. Much like the overall viewership number. Very close. Yes. Right there. I'm not keeping track of... I know the I know the overall viewer totals. It's 8-2-1 and one in favor of AEW. They've won 8 and tied <laughs> once. Uh, I don't remember what my totals are. I think NXT has won four times. So, out of 11. So, they're... That's the that's the average. It's not a great average, but <laughs> it's not it's not awful either. Um, they're 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 gaining some ground, I think. Uh, yes. So yeah, uh, the Shayna and Rhea match will be the main event for next week, uh, and that should be awesome. And the placement of Finn Balor and Adam Cole should tell you who's going to win that match and probably the main event uh, as well. Tommaso Ciampa and Mia Yim. Got it. (laughs) That will be the surprise winners. (laughs) It will be a a Shyamalan-esque twist uh, to the end. Nobody will have seen it coming. Uh, All right. So that's the episode for this week. Uh, Head on over to cinemageekly.com. Check out the archives of the show. And, of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. Just search for What Comes NXT. Hit subscribe. Uh... The schedule is going to be a little bit wonky with the holidays coming up here. Uh, I think we're going to maybe try for something pre-Christmas, but if it fails, it'll be sometime uh, shortly after Christmas, and uh, we'll get the next episode up uh, featuring a Rhea Ripley challenging Shayna Baszler for the NXT Women's Championship. <laughs>